Hey, hey there, friends. Welcome back to Unstuck. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in today. And if this is the first time you're checking out the Unstuck podcast, special hello and welcome to you all. Glad you hopped on over and are getting in on all the goodness we have going on around here. And of course, a huge shout out to those that have been hanging out from day one, listening to now 108 episodes of Unstuck. I love you guys. You all are just the best. And I'm just so happy to be here sharing with you all every week, whatever I decide I want to share about. And today I decided I wanted to talk about mistakes. I'm going to share five mistakes, pretty significant mistakes I made in my business early on at the start, at the time I honestly didn't even necessarily realize they were mistakes or didn't think about it that much. But then now years later, I can see how they could have been pretty major mistakes, but actually turned out to be really awesome things that propelled my business forward because I chose to make these decisions that were not good decisions, that perhaps all the business coaches out there would tell you not to do. And I did them anyway. A lot of times because I just didn't know any better. As at the beginning of my business, I was just doing stuff, just trying to make it work. So yes, we're talking about mistakes today. And I think it's a really, probably the most important conversation that I can have with you. And it's because it's not a conversation about learning from my mistakes, although we can have that conversation too, and we probably will have that conversation too at some point, because I do have a lot of mistakes that I made and still make today that you could learn from my mistakes and not do them. And I think that's a good conversation to have. I can definitely uh, keep you from making the same mistakes I did. But today, it's more so a conversation about how mistakes and failures and all these things that we try so hard to avoid in our business, and we fear making those mistakes or being a failure so much that it often keeps us stuck, how those mistakes and failures can actually end up being part of the story. They are there for a reason. They are all part of this bigger picture to get you where you need to go. So they don't have to be scary. You don't have to fear them. You don't have to try to avoid them. The more you try to avoid making mistakes and and having failures, the slower you get, the more you slow things down for yourself and the momentum that you're trying to build, it pulls it back down. So we don't have to fear these things. It's all part of the process. It's part of your story. It's part of your journey. And it's what will get you to where you want to go. All right, as always, let's kick this conversation off with a quote. This comes from Albert Hubbard, and it says, the greatest mistake a human can ever make is being afraid to make one. Ooh, I love that. The greatest mistake a human can ever make is being afraid to make one. And that, my friends, is what is probably at least partly to blame for keeping you stuck, 
from having this business that you want to have and why it feels like an uphill battle, why it feels like it's hard and challenging and you're not making progress and the ball isn't moving forward and the snowball isn't getting bigger and whatever terms you use to describe this kind of slog that it is to have a business and why you're you have these walls up and these barriers and why it seems hard to do to have a thriving, financially successful, freedom-filled business that you want, whatever your dream business looks like, it starts with this kind of stuff. We really need to look deeper. One of the things that you need to dive deeper on is how you feel about making mistakes. If you are scared to make a mistake for fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear you'll look stupid, whatever it is, that's something we need to dive deeper into. uh, And that's what we do here all day, every day on Unstuck. So you have the tools. If not, go back and remind yourself of those tools. You have the tools to do so. But I you know, it kind of going into what this whole quote is saying, the greatest mistake a human can ever make is being afraid to make one. That is the mistake. Being afraid to make one standing still because you don't want to do something wrong. So all of that being said, I thought providing examples of some mistakes that I made, as I mentioned, uh, I've made a ton ton, ton, ton of mistakes over the past almost nine years having my own business. Uh, and I could do a, a episode, and I probably will sometime in the future, of mistakes that I made that I would actually like for you to learn not to make those. So you can take my advice, you can take what I learned in that process and not make those mistakes. But that is not what we're doing here. Today, I want to show you how because I was willing to make mistakes, it actually ended up being the thing that propelled my business forward. Most of you know by now that I truly don't believe failures exist. I think every experience we categorize, we ourselves put into this bucket of being a failure is actually just a learning experience. It's actually part of the process, and it's a necessary part of that process. And the same thing goes for mistakes. Mistakes are simply learning experiences that come from moving forward. So the only mistake you could ever possibly make in your business is not moving forward, not fulfilling your mission, not being of service to others simply because you're afraid to make a mistake or afraid of failing. Just know right here, right now, and please don't ever forget it, even though your ego is going to want to tell you this isn't true, just know that mistakes happen all the time. Mistakes are going to happen. And mistakes taking place because you took action is actually a really incredible win 100% of the time because it means you did something. And we talked last week about the difference between motion and action. And so anytime you actually get to the point where you took action, 
we celebrate. <laughs> we celebrate. It's a good thing, even if there were tons of mistakes along the way, even if your ego wants to tell you it didn't work, it was a failure, this, 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 all these stories, doesn't matter. We still celebrate because you took action. And also, mistakes serve a purpose. They are there for a reason. You may not know it that day. You may not know it that week, that year, or for the next 10 years. It doesn't matter. But simply by knowing that it's there for a reason, it has its purpose, hopefully you can get around that phase where your ego wants to beat you up for it, wants you to feel bad or feel embarrassed or feel like a failure because you made a mistake. That doesn't have to happen. And so the sooner that we can, first of all, realize they are absolutely 100% of the time uh, going to happen. If you have a business, you can expect that it will be full of mistakes along the way and that there is something behind it. It is part of the journey. That's all you need to know. And then you can move on and you don't have to get surrounded or wrapped up in all the stories that come uh, from our ego when we make a mistake. All right, so as I said, I'm selecting five of my countless mistakes that really stick out to me that I think on the surface, most entrepreneurs, most business coaches, most people in general would categorize as pretty solid mistakes, but they're actually really important moves, really significant experiences in my business journey that had I not made these mistakes, I really would not be where I am today, or at least not in the way that I got here, and I wouldn't have had all the other amazing experiences I had along the way. So then we can see part of the journey. It's okay. It's part of the journey. All right, let's get to these five. The first one is starting before I was ready. We talked a few episodes about being ready in your business and trying to have that feeling of being ready, which is kind of this false thing that we're waiting for that we'll never actually feel. And as I've mentioned many times, I'll make sure to remind you here, I was not ready to be in an entrepreneur by any imagination. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I didn't know anything about having my own business. I didn't know any of the rules, any of the structure, any like how to pay taxes, anything. I didn't know any of that. I also didn't know how I was going to get clients, how I was going to make money, um, how I was going to support myself, nothing. And everything I've done since then, that was in 2013, January 1st, 2013 was my official first day of having an LLC and having my own business. But everything since then, I've also done before I was ready. And if we go back to that episode, that conversation we had a few weeks ago about being ready, then, well, of course, of course I was never ready because that's an imaginary thing that we're all waiting to feel that doesn't really exist, especially in entrepreneurship. So things like taking clients, publishing my website, putting out my first program, my first group program, starting a podcast, posting on Instagram, all these things that I now obviously do all day, every day, all these things that I think are pretty big pieces of ingredients to you having your own thriving business. 
uh, some of what you're probably doing also, even if you don't feel ready. And some maybe you're not quite there yet because you don't feel ready. But these are all pieces of the puzzle that I had to do. And I wasn't ready. If my ego had its way, I still wouldn't be ready. And that's been almost nine years. And there's been thousands of clients. There's been over a million dollars in revenue. I could easily have missed out on all of this because I was still waiting to be ready, which I could easily still be doing. So starting before I was ready was the mistake I made that then led me to actually having this business because it would be either still not a thing (laughs) and I'd still be in this job I hated or it would be going a lot slower because I would be waiting to feel ready to take clients. I'd be waiting to feel ready to publish my website. I'd be waiting to be ready to put out a group program. I'd be waiting to be ready to start a podcast. All these waiting, 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 waiting. Instead, I just did. I just did. And on the surface, it could look like it was a very big mistake because, yeah, those first few years were kind of a mess. I was not organized. I wasn't charging enough. I didn't know how to organize myself appropriately to get ready for my tax taxes and paying my taxes, all these things that, yeah, I could have put into place beforehand, and then maybe it would have looked on the outside like I was more ready, but I it didn't matter. That's not the purpose. That's not it. And what that would have done would have just made me waste more time not fulfilling on my purpose for being here. And I personally feel like time is really short. I know when we're in the day-to-day slog of life, it feels long, but it's not, my friends. And so if you actually want to make something of this time here, spending time figuring out exactly how to report your taxes before you even start a business is not the best use of time. You can do that while you have a business on the off hours Spend a few minutes, an hour, figuring out how to organize yourself for your taxes when you're making money. Hey, that's a pretty great idea. All right, so my next one, number two, putting out terrible content. You guys, my content when I first started my business was alarmingly terrible, embarrassingly terrible. I still, like my cheeks are red just thinking about my first few blog posts, my first few Instagram posts, my first few podcast episodes, and not even first few, like a lot of podcast episodes, a lot of blog posts, a lot of Instagram posts that were absolutely embarrassingly terrible. I often published blog posts, sent newsletters that had typos and broken links. This was before I reread my stuff. This was before I had a Grammarly on my computer to correct me when I typed too fast, all the things. And broken links, oh my goodness. Like I'm promoting something and they can't even click on the link to go to the thing. Like that's a pretty big mistake. But What it taught me, first of all, as far as putting out terrible content, it taught me to just put out the content because it takes, and this may not be something you want to hear, but we just got to be real. 
it takes a lot of content to get people's attention. Very rarely are you going to have someone be like, yes, I want to work with this person. I cannot wait until she's taking clients or opens up her program just because they saw one blog post or heard one podcast episode or saw one Instagram post or even five or 10 or 100. It takes a lot of content. And so I just had to start creating it. I had to start building up this content so that I could get used to it, so that my future clients could get used to me posting content and could start seeing my vibe, even if there were broken links, even if there were typos. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I just, I had to get in the habit of it, of constantly putting out content. And this was nine years ago. And here we are still doing the same thing because it takes content for people to understand who you are, what you do, who you help, how you help them. Can you help actually that person? There's just a lot and it doesn't happen overnight. So for me to put out this content, even though it was awful, I still did it. And I still, it's still up. It's still out in the interwebs, all the places. So you can find this absolutely horrendous, embarrassing stuff out there. I hope you don't. Please don't go down the rabbit hole of my uh, website. That would be bad. But it's there. And it just put out more ways for people to connect with me. And that's what's important. It's not important how perfect it is. And that was the second thing I learned from this mistake or, or the thing that I that really propelled me forward was really understanding that it doesn't matter. People honestly don't care if you have a typo or two, and they don't care if the link is broken and then you have to re-email them the correct link. They really don't care that much. They don't care if your blog post has a really bad selfie of you before you knew how to take selfies. They don't care. I mean, yeah, sure, we all love to have this amazing, beautiful content uh, with these beautiful pictures when, when we're reading a blog post or on Instagram or whatever. But also, if we find something to connect with a practitioner or a business owner, then it doesn't matter what those photos look like or how beautiful their, their blog post is or if they have a broken link or a typo or two. We don't care because we found that connection point elsewhere through something else, whether it's their energy, uh, their experience, their vibe, or their story and how you can connect with that and it's a similar story to yours, all the things. So really two things to come out of putting out terrible content is that I got in the flow of creating content. I got more people to have eyes on my content, even though it was awful because I just was pumping out content. And I realized it doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. And you can still have uh, an amazing business with not so great content. I promise. It's not a reason to not get started. It's not a reason to not push publish by any means. Okay, number three, going into debt. Going into debt. This one might be the most controversial, but I'm going to stick with it. Yes, I'm actually glad I went into debt. Does that sound crazy? Probably. 
A lot of you know by now, if you've listened to my story of starting my business, that it put me into debt to get into business because I wasn't making enough money. I was investing in myself and in my business. I wasn't charging enough. I didn't have a full roster of clients at certain points. And so I got into debt on my credit card and I carried that debt for a few years. And I'm actually really grateful now that I didn't let that scare me, especially since I did have so many money stories, so much baggage around money And I definitely was taught (laughs) to be scared of being in debt, to never get to a point where you can't pay off your credit card in full every month and all these things. So there were things there that I could have uh, made it so that I didn't have any debt and I didn't invest in myself at all. But the reason I'm so grateful for that debt and for the ability to put myself into that position is that the reason I was in debt is because I was investing in myself and my business. So that included things like hiring a business coach, which completely changed the trajectory of my business when I did that. And things like signing up for several different software and systems to take my business fully online and fully to the next level, that those investments, my goodness, I just can't even imagine where I would be if I didn't make those investments. And if I had stressed myself out so much about putting something on my credit card that I wasn't necessarily going to be able to pay back right away. I don't even know where I would be today. And so, yeah, I'm not, please, right here, right now, let me tell you, I'm not telling you to go into debt. I'm not telling you to not worry about your credit card and uh, not being able to pay it. I'm not a financial guru by any stretch. But what I'm saying here is I just see a lot of entrepreneurs and actually a lot of people who aren't starting their business and aren't going after their dreams because of the financial burden that they assume is going to happen. But I just can't understand how you feel that way when that investment is going to be the thing that makes you more money. It's going to be the thing. It's going to pay itself back 10 times over, 100 times over and really quickly, but you have to make that investment in order to get to the place where you can make that money back. So it's not going into debt for the sake of, you know, because you bought a TV or a t-shirt or something you didn't need. Investments are different, and it's really important to know the difference in your business. And that's something for you to start looking into potentially in your own life and making sure that uh, you are making the best decisions for you and your business when it comes to investments. And yeah, looking back at that time, it looked like I was making a bazillion mistakes a day because I was carrying this debt. But then as a lot of you know, if you've listened to my story especially when I hired a business coach and signed up for this the software and, and really focused on creating this nice online business, I paid my entire debt back in two months 
and still had some, had some left over. And I knew that. I think what happened is that my inner being knew that. And so that's why I didn't freak out about carrying this debt for a while because I knew that was my path. I knew it was going to get me where I needed to go. And I knew I was going to be able to pay it off and it wasn't going to be a long-term problem. And so that's where really being able to tap into your intuition and be guided by it and allow it to surpass the stories that your ego is telling yourself and make decisions from that place really helps. All right. The next one on the list is doing it all myself. This is something that most business coaches, myself included, will tell you to not do and not at least not for very long. As soon as you start feeling overwhelmed, you start getting into the weeds and not spending your time on the things that move the needle in your business because you're spending so much time on the behind the scenes work and work that you really shouldn't be doing. It's not the best use of your time. Start hiring it out and start delegating and get some people on your team to help where that is their specialty. But at the same time, I am really happy that I did everything myself at the beginning. And so I would kind of recommend you do the same. There's just so much to learn there. There's so much experience to gain And it made all the difference for me to know how to do every single thing in my business. Now, if you're like me and have the type of personality that I do, it's a real challenge to not do everything yourself and to give tasks to other people. I was the girl in high school and in college that when we had a group project, I just do the whole darn thing and everyone else could get the A, but I didn't mind it. I preferred it that way because I had the control. Yes, this is a control thing. Yes, I do find it still playing out in my business and something I am regularly working on because I like doing everything myself, but I simply cannot. I just can't. There's just not enough energy. There's not enough time. It just it doesn't work that way. But when I first started, I did it all. I did all the website stuff. I edited uh, the podcast. I did all of my design, my branding, my graphic design, which we didn't even have Canva back then. So that was a real treat. Let me tell you that. And I just did everything. And I think that was so super valuable because I had to learn how to use WordPress. I had to learn how to edit a podcast episode. I had to learn what branding even meant and what I actually needed to think about when it came to my branding. And I wouldn't have done that. I don't want to keep doing that, but it does help me to know all of the inner workings of my business from the get-go. And then now, as other people are doing those things, I still can comprehend. I still have a grasp on what is actually happening behind the scenes. I have a standard for it to live up to because I've been there, I've done it myself. And it just, it really 
makes you feel like this complete entrepreneur when you know what's going on with your business, even if there are other people doing it. And a funny story just to really show how terrible I am at delegating, although like I said, working on it, working on it, but the only reason I actually hired my first assistant was because she reached out to me. She was a listener of the podcast at the time. This was way back in the day. I was still only doing one-on-one clients, but I had so many. And if you are in this stage of business and you've done one-on-one work, you know how it feels like you are juggling a thousand different balls at one time and making sure everyone has their paperwork and everyone's scheduled at the right time and everyone's questions are answered and just there's a lot to do. And I was doing it all myself and I was at pretty much a full schedule still doing all of that myself. And I don't know, somehow she knew that. I don't know if I mentioned it in the podcast or if she could just tell by how drained I sounded But she reached out to me and just asked if I needed help with anything, and I basically immediately said yes. So from then on, that was in 2017, I believe, I realized the immense value of having help, of not doing it all yourself, of delegating and really finding the tasks that you love to do, that you're good at, that you need to be doing in your business, and then finding someone else to do those that you're not good at, that's not your specialty, that you shouldn't be doing in your business. And like I said, it's still a work in progress because my natural tendency is like, oh, I'll just do this myself real quick instead of asking this person to do it. No. I check back in, I remind myself of what I really need to be focusing on in my business, where my energy is best spent, and I head there and let the experts on that part of my business do their thing. And it just always feels so good. And like I said, I do highly recommend that you start delegating and you get other people that can help you as soon as you can. Definitely way before you're ready, way before you think you can afford it, because that is how you will afford it, is by having help. But I do see so much immense value, and I am so glad that I did it all myself at the beginning, because I learned so so much that now I will forever have those skills. So if for some reason something happens and I do need to edit my podcast, I can do that. If I do need to fix something on my website, I can do that. So, so much value in that experience. And I think this is the last one. Yep. The last one, number five, is saying no to big opportunities. This is where the conversation of creating boundaries and protecting your energy comes into play because it is so, so, so hard to do as an entrepreneur, especially as you start growing and people start knowing who you are, knowing your name, knowing your specialty, and you start getting all the invites to be on all the podcasts and in all the summits and all the things. But I don't want to talk about that today, which I will definitely do another episode about that kind of uh, situation, but this is more so 
a conversation for the new entrepreneur because it's just different. You feel like you need that exposure. You need that experience. You need that money, which makes it even harder to say no and to really respect your own boundaries and your own energy. I will fully admit that I was not great about this, especially uh, when it came to my boundaries with my time and my schedule and the hours I made myself available for clients. Not so great at that out of the gate. I was making myself available way too often. I was working six days a week. I was getting up at five in the morning. I was working till eight o'clock at night sometimes. It was crazy. And that is a mistake that I would like you to learn from and not do that to yourself. But we're not talking about that today. We'll save that conversation. But I have always been very in tune with my energetic boundaries, meaning what was or was not a good use of my energy what would drain me or my energy? What would be worth the energetic investment? Like, yeah, it would drain me. Yeah, it would take all of this out of me, but it would be worth it. I said no to some pretty big opportunities that, again, any business coach would say I was nuts. And that was a huge mistake. There was one particular case I remember where I was invited to be a part of a pretty big summit, which is when kind of one host gets a bunch of people together and does uh, these little mini interviews and it goes out to all the people's email lists. And so you're, you get a bunch of exposure and blah, blah, blah. I said no. And I think it was, it was, I don't know if it was my first summit invite ever. I think it was maybe my second or third And I said no, and I had no idea. I couldn't put my finger on why it didn't seem right, why I didn't want to do it. It seemed like they were going to be talking to me about a subject I was really interested in, and it all seemed great, but I said no. And then come to find out, once the summit was released, I looked into it, And a big theme of the summit that was not made known to me was a topic that I did not believe in and that I found very actually damaging and harmful. And I ended up being so, so glad that my name was not associated with that work. So it ended up, again, my intuition guided me to say no to a big opportunity that just would not have put my name where I wanted it and would not have led in a good direction for me. So ended up being great. And I've also said no to several clients. Like I've had clients who've offered to pay me more when I said no and who just really wanted to work with me and and would pay me extra to say yes. And I still said no because I knew it wasn't a match. I knew it would drain me beyond what I was willing to uh, release to my clients. Because if you take one-on-one clients, you know, and especially in the wellness space, you take one-on-one clients, it is an energetic drain. And a lot of times it's very much worth it. And then we have to do our own self-care and our own things to get back that energy. But I knew these clients, that wouldn't be the case. It wasn't a good exchange. And I still said no, even though I needed the money, even though they were willing to pay me more and that 
you know, that is so tempting when you do need the money, you don't know where you're going to get your next paycheck to pay the bills and all that stuff. And you're kind of scraping by, which is what I was doing for several years. I still said no. And going back to the summit, I was asked to do that summit when I had a very low following. I didn't have very many uh, subscribers to my newsletter or followers on my Instagram or anything like that. And, And so on the surface, like what a great way to build that stuff up. But I still said no. So just please know that staying true to yourself, trusting your intuition, respecting your energy, creating boundaries for yourself and upholding them will always be the win. Again, even if that ego is telling you you should do it or even if, you know, the peanut gallery, someone in your, uh, like your spouse or your partner or your friend or your mom or somebody who's involved in your business that you kind of run things by, even if someone else is saying it would be a great opportunity, you should do it, you can't say no, if it doesn't feel right, it's, there's a reason for that. It doesn't feel right for a reason. So please be aware of that. All right, that will wrap up this episode. Those are the five mistakes I'm actually glad I made when I started my business. As you can see, they are things that on the surface would look like a mistake or I could definitely have viewed as a total error on my part. And I probably did. (laughs) Back then, I was like, oh, crap, broken link. I just sent a broken link. I made such a bad mistake. I'm so embarrassed, whatever. But now I can see what was really at play there and the good that came out of it, the purpose it had. And that's what I really want you to see too. And more than anything, I want this conversation to be your cue to just keep going, to not worry so darn much about the mistakes you might make or the failures you might have, because we're all going to have them. We all do have them, and it's part of it. And if you see it that way, it's actually kind of the fun part, because you know it's going to happen. So then when it happens, you can be like, huh, I wonder how this is actually going to play out now, because that happened, knowing that it's all this the pieces of the puzzle coming together at just the right time. So if you know it's all happening for you, not to you, then it can actually be kind of fun and be like, oh yeah, that was totally just a failure, just a mistake I made. I wonder how this is going to play out because of that. And then you just have this curiosity instead of fear, instead of embarrassment, instead of judging yourself and just think in terms of thy the vibration of your business, how that would shift things when you come at it with curiosity and acceptance when a mistake happens instead of judging and fear and, you know, talking yourself out of doing anything ever again, (laughs) right? Two different paths completely. And just quickly before I sign off, I do want to let you know I have officially set the date for the fall class of Unstuck Entrepreneur. So the start date and the first welcome call as a group will be Wednesday, September 8th, and the day to enroll is Monday, August 30th. 
So put that on your calendar if you don't want to miss the next round of Unstuck Entrepreneur. It's the fall class. It will be the last class of 2021. So if you don't want to wait until 2022 to have this amazing, uh, impactful, successful, thriving business, then you got to get in. And just quickly, so everyone's aware, Unstuck Entrepreneur is for the newer entrepreneurs out there, whether you're just starting your business, you started your business, but it's not doing what you want it to do. It's not taking off how you thought it would take off. This is for you, Unstuck Entrepreneur. And you can learn more and get on the wait list if you head to seanminer.com slash unstuckbiz. That's seanminer.com slash unstuckbiz. We will put a link in the show notes so you can easily click over. But just read about it, see what's up, see what we do. If it's something you're interested in, put your name down on the wait list because you'll be the first to know when doors open and you also get a coupon code that no one else gets by being on that list. Okay, my friends, that will do it for this episode. Until next time, take care. If you're like most of my clients, you followed your passion for health, got your certifications, did the trainings, and now you're excited to have your very own thriving, impactful wellness business. But um, how do you actually do that? It's a common position to be in, especially in the wellness space, because no one teaches you this whole business thing along the way. This trend is exactly why I'm here, a passionate nutritionist turned business coach for wellness professionals, because I'm done seeing wellness practitioners continue to play small in their business simply because they don't know the right steps to take. If you're like most wellness pros out there with a dream to start their own impactful, freedom-filled business, you've probably spent hours trying to build your website, figure out what the heck to post on social media, and taking all the courses to try to get confident in what you're doing. Or maybe just the thought of all that sends you into a puddle of stress and overwhelm. Good news, you don't need a perfect website, a killer Instagram strategy, or to be an expert to have an impactful and successful business. What you do need is a plan. The Wellness Business Blueprint is the jumpstart you need to plan, prepare, and execute on your passion for helping others without that sinking feeling of overwhelm. Because this isn't like the other stuffy, boring business plans out there. The wellness business blueprint is centered around you. What feels good to you? What's right for your business, your dreams, and your lifestyle? What keeps you in alignment and your energy flowing? What allows you to stay sane and stress-free and excited in your business? Because building your dream wellness business starts with a plan that works for you. This free 15-page printable workbook will take you through my signature flow and grow business framework so you can create your own business vision while gaining clarity, structure, and a solid plan to move forward. Download it today and get started on your business blueprint. Head to seanminer.com slash WBB, that stands for Wellness Business Blueprint, and get started building your dream wellness business today. Again, that's seanminer.com slash WBB.